Thank you, choir, musicians, and Jesse. Well, what a wonderful, wonderful, exciting season uh, the Christmas season is. One of my, it's my favorite time, and I love it for so many, many different reasons. And it's, uh, it is a wonderful time for us to worship together. Uh, that seems to be a, a sense of uh, excitement in the air as we are approaching closer and closer to the celebration of the birth of Christ on Christmas Day. And so here we are on this Sunday before Christmas, and uh, this is Christmas week, and we look forward to what will take place. So uh, I, I think about this, this statement uh, that uh, Peter Marshall made so many, many years ago when he said about Christmas, when Christmas doesn't make your heart swell until it nearly bursts and fill your eyes with tears and make you all soft and warm inside, then you will know that something inside of you is dead. There's a wonderful season, an exciting time. But what makes it so special? The birth of Christ and that wonderful story we find in Scripture should be familiar to all of us. But I want to pose this question. What, what if the birth of Jesus were to take place today in our culture with all the social media uh, that we have? How would perhaps this birth of Christ be announced? Uh, Brandon Hill, one of our college students at uh, Spartanburg Methodist, sent me this uh, I think off YouTube said they showed it in chapel at Spartanburg Methodist, and I thought you would enjoy it. Let's, let's hear it um, as it was written so many years ago by the gospel writer Luke. Second chapter of the gospel of Luke, beginning in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Uh, for me, there's just nothing like reading this wonderful Christmas story, whether it's during the Christmas season or whether it's in the middle of July. 
And sometimes uh, I'll pull out some Christmas CDs and just start playing them in the summertime because I, I just need to hear that. I love the Christmas music and the reason for it. And, uh, and go back and read this wonderful Christmas story. And you see, Christmas is not just a few days in December where we're more likely to be generous and give and be kind and share. Uh, it's, not more, it's not just about simple things like a star and a manger and shepherds and a baby. And what makes Christmas really so special is that the real transforming power of Christmas is the eternal presence of God given to us in the birth of Jesus Christ. How would we claim the presence of God if we didn't have this Christmas story and God had not come to us in the form of Jesus Christ? That's really what makes Christmas special and what gives us this wonderful sense of feeling. We're reminded once again of God's love for us and that God came into our world to show us what He is like, to let us know that He knows what it is like to, to live life the way we do and to experience what we experience. And so I'm going to suggest uh, at least three ways to look at this wonderful Christmas story to see this transforming power of the presence of God through Christ. First of all, let's think about uh, the relevance of Christmas. You know, God became a human being, and He came to earth. Now, that wasn't only good news that was announced. It's also great news, big news. We look around the world scene today. We bring it even closer home to where we live. And what are the big stories today? What are the big news stories today? Well, one certainly is about a political campaign for presidency. Then we talk about the, the terrorist attacks and the fear we might have of those. The shooting sprees that are real and taking lives in America and wondering maybe where they might show up again. And, of course, we've got to throw the economy in there. And then you've got all other kind of issues, your personal issues, your family struggles, and trying to work all things out. But the biggest news of all time is when God came to our world. And not only that God came to earth as a human being, but he came as a baby. Now, let me remind you again that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that was not the beginning of his existence. He is the eternal incarnate God. He existed in that trinity with God, in the perfect harmony of heaven with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He existed before creation, and He is the Creator with God, and the Bible tells us that over and over and over. In our culture, when we want to compare a son to his father, we have a saying, like father, like son, because they usually follow the same pattern, look something alike. Well, that's true about God and Jesus. The Bible says He, he became like man and was born a human being. Now, I doubt if you and I would have made our entrance into the world this way. We wouldn't have planned it this way, would we? We'd have done it with a whole lot more fanfare. We probably would have wanted it to a show like halftime at the Super Bowl with all the fireworks and the, and the media coverage and celebrity superstars to be there. But when you look at the Christmas story, you see that God had another idea. He made the decision that he would come into this world the same way that everybody else comes into this world, the same way that you and I entered this world, and that is through human birth. He would be born into this world. And the God who created the universe and gave us this recreative power 
to, to reproduce and to bring more people into this world and witness that wonderful, wonderful miracle of creating a child. This God humbled himself and limited himself to come into the world as a baby. And not only that, but he came to a poor peasant couple. He came to a tiny village wrapped as a fragile infant who took on the name Jesus. Why did God do that? Why did he choose that form? Well, he, he came to be born into this world the way that all of us are to experience that and to show us that he is identifying with us from the very birth, the moment that he became human and, and, and was well, a gift to this world. But he also came because he wanted to establish a relationship with us. And he could have done it with all of his glory and all of his majesty and power. And he did that to certain people in the Scriptures at certain times. And most of the time their reaction was fear. And they were scared to death. And they maybe were afraid God was going to take their life because they were sinful. And when God wanted to use them for a special reason, that's when he usually chose to reveal himself in such a magnificent way as that. But God didn't want to scare us, so he came as a baby. Now, if you've never uh, been around infants or never held one, you, know, you, you, you might be a little bit intimidated by holding a baby for the first time. I know I was. I was scared I was going to drop them. You know, there's just, you know, about something like that is, is, a, is a life-changing experience. But we're not afraid of a baby like we would be if God were to come on the scene and burst forth in all of his glory. He chose to come in a way that he could relate to all of us, lowering himself to the level of humanity, experiencing a human birth. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was in every sense a human being. And when he came to earth, he limited himself so that he could become both God and man at the same time. He was born the way we are born. He grew up the way that we grow up. And that's the good news for today. God says, I'm here with you. I'm in your world. I'm not just a distant figurehead. I'm not just the man upstairs. I am not just holy and righteous and glorious as your God. But I'm also there with you right where you are today. He knows what you're going through. He knows the fears you have about life. He knows the struggles that you have about life. And he tells you, I came to earth to show you that I care for you. And to do so, he limited himself, he humbled himself, and he became a human being. This year's presidential campaign, I don't know if it's the first one because of all the information that's so readily available through technology and all, but uh, all the presidential candidates are spending untold billions of dollars on research. Uh, in fact, um, Alexander Nix, who is the CEO of Cambridge Analytica, tells us that these campaigns are spending billions of dollars on every single registered voter in the United States. And they are using uh, every form of data points to find out what we like, what we dislike. Things like, what are the cars you're looking at buying or just bought? What magazines do you read? What news stations do you listen to? You know, what are even the groceries that you buy? 
See, these data points then are given to the campaigns, and they begin to shape um, how they're going to come across to you. They want to know everything about you so that they can come across to you as the candidate that will get your vote. God knows everything about you already. The Bible tells us that he even knows the number of hairs upon our head and he cares for us intimately and infinitely because he is God, the Father, the Creator, and he knows us. And he spent the most amount of care and the most priceless gift to come and be among us when he became a baby in the name of Jesus. And to show us how much he loved us and cares about us. And also to show us what our greatest need was. He knew that. It was that we needed a, we needed a Savior. See, the politicians use all those data points because they want your vote. At Christmas, God came to show us he already knows about you. He cares about you. He knows everything you're going through. And the relevance of Christmas is this eternal God has manifested himself in your presence in a way that you can wrap your hands around, that you can identify with as a baby. The relevance of Christmas is that God has come to us. He's come to earth. Now let's think about the reason for that. What was the reason behind all of that? Besides coming to show his care, besides revealing who he is, besides coming as a babe so we wouldn't be afraid of him. Why did God come to earth? Why did he come to us? Well, I think there are four reasons that we can think about as to why Jesus came the way he did. First of all, uh, Jesus came to show us what God is really like. Why Why did he do that? Well, there always have been, and there still are, misconceptions about God. You ask people about God in his nature and say, define God for me. How would you describe God? Um, I tell you, you can get not only some scary answers from people, but you can also get some pretty screwy answers from people about what God is like. Now, there are ways that we could say we, we can know God without his coming to us. All you have to do is look at the beauty of nature and his creation around us. And certainly that tells us something about God. We see his creative power. We know that he likes variety. Just look around you today. Nobody looks exactly like you seated around him. He, he even has a good sense of humor. Look around you again. You know? But all that, that nature could reveal to us would never tell us what Jesus showed us and told us in his life. You look at nature and not, not know that God is loving, but Jesus taught us that, that God is loving. We can look at nature and see the beauty of his handiwork, but that doesn't tell us that God is forgiving. But Jesus came and showed us that God is forgiving. Nature doesn't tell us that God has a plan and purpose for our life. And Jesus came to show us that, that God loves us. We're not here as an accident, and he has a purpose for our life. See, only Jesus can teach us that. He came to show us what God is like. Second reason Jesus came is he came to teach us what life really is. There are a lot of misconceptions, even back then and even now, about what really, what really identifies us as a person who really understands life and lives life. 
and that we really understand what it means to live in this world, the life that God wants us to live. Jesus talked about it in terms of abundant life. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So he comes and talks to us, talks to us about the fullness of life. And, and when we believe in him and commit our life to him, then we become fully alive. We don't just wait till we die to experience eternity, but we have a wonderful, marvelous, abundant life right here and now. He gives us real life. He gives us a reason to exist and to live. Then there's a third reason why Jesus came, and that is he came to teach us that we can trust God. Think about your relationships in life. Who are you most likely to trust the most? Who are you most likely to trust the most? It's going to be somebody you know the best, right? Whether it's your parents or your your spouse or your best friend. The person you trust the most is the person you know the most. Now, some of you have a difficult time in trusting God the way you should. That might be because you don't know him the way you should. But Jesus came to teach us that we can trust God. And see, the more that we know about God, then the more that we can trust him. With all the experiences in our life. We can trust God. This is a wonderful, marvelous season. But there are things going on that I know of that are going on of great prayer concern for me, not only in the life of this congregation. Some of you got a a bad medical report. Some of you are dealing with family struggles. Some of you are dealing with with, uh, family issues. You're dealing with job searches. All of those kinds of things going on during this time. And sometimes they kind of overshadow The real joy and meaning of Christmas. But it's an underlying message to us always that Jesus has come to teach us that we can trust God no matter what he brings into our life. And so the more you know him, the more you trust him. And Jesus came to show us, hey, this is what God is like, trusting. And then finally Jesus came to forgive us our sins and prepare us to live eternally in heaven. 1 John 3, 5 says, He became a man so that He could take away our sins. So Jesus came to earth to die for all the things that we had done wrong. And God calls those sins. The Christmas card from a, a church family sent to us simply reminds me of that by this statement. He paid a debt He didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. I've read several heartwarming stories through the holidays. One that stands out for me that I can relate to with this truth uh, took place in New Hampshire where a 19-year police veteran uh, was called to a a certain store because a woman was guilty of shoplifting. And they were able to identify her. They knew where she lived. The officer went to the house with the sole purpose of issuing her a citation and bringing back the goods that she had stolen only to find that it was her child's birthday, there was no other food item in the house, and she wanted to bake a cake for that child. In the spirit of Christmas, that officer went back to the store, paid for her purchases, and then did more beyond that. You see, somehow to me, that exemplifies the message of Christ coming to earth. We all had a sin debt that we could not pay. And Christ came to earth to pay our debt when we couldn't pay it. 
He suffered and he died for our debts. And it cost Jesus his life to do that. He left his eternal throne, his kingdom, his home in glory. He limited himself. He became a human being. He put up with all that we experience as a human being. And he gave his life for us. He died on the cross. We always have to remember the beauty of, of the Christmas story and of an of a infant being born that, that he didn't stay forever in the manger. He didn't stay forever in the crib, but he grew up and he went to the cross and there he gave his life so that our sins could be forgiven and we could live eternally with God. And the Bible teaches us that the greatest kind of love that anyone can have is when you're willing to give your life for someone else. Jesus said in John 15, 13, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And the interesting thing for us is that Jesus laid down his life for us, for you and for me, when we weren't his friends. The Bible says we were enemies and we were separated from him. But because of God's love for us in Christ, he allowed Jesus to go to the cross and pay our sin debt. He gave his life for you so that your sins could be forgiven and you could spend eternity with God. Now, let's talk about the result of Christmas. What makes Christmas so special? Well, it's because of the lingering results. Say, so what, what difference does Christmas make? Well, it tells us that we can know God personally, that you can have a relationship with this wonderful God who's holy and just and righteous, who, but, uh, who also is loving and kind, and generous, and forgiving. And that's God's gift to you and to me in Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, he says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And I think what Paul is talking about in the midst of his writing about generosity to the Corinthians is, he just thinks about all of a sudden the generosity of God in Jesus Christ and that wonderful gift. Now, I don't know how you go about buying gifts to give to family members or friends or those you feel obligated to give. Some of you have the approach, let's go, let's go in and we get it done. Whatever's the first thing you see in the budget, let's get it. Some of you go in, you have a list made. Well, this is what I think they need. And you look for that, that one thing or two, two or three things. You've got something in mind for them. Some of you say, it doesn't matter. Let's just get it done and get home. The ball game comes on in a few minutes, okay? When you think about the gift that God gave to us in Jesus, it is exactly what we needed. He spent a long time preparing that gift for us, and he sent it in love. And the result of that is that we have that opportunity to have that wonderful relationship with God. Historians tell us that Henry David Thoreau once spent an entire day standing in Walden Pond in water up to his chin. The reason for it? He just wanted to spend a day to see what a, a frog, how a frog would vision that pond for a day. I like a better story that came off of Sesame Street. And that's one thing when my children grown and not having grandchildren around, and they got other things they watch. I miss Sesame Street. You know, if you're a parent and you like, and, you know, you like Sesame Street, you could watch it with the kids. I learned a lot. I learned a lot on watching Sesame Street, especially when they had the segment about how things were made. That always had my attention, you know. But there was an episode on Sesame Street where they had a skit based off of the old fairy tale of where 
the beautiful princess would kiss the ugly frog, and the ugly frog would turn into a what? A handsome prince. Except in the spoof that Sesame Street did, the beautiful princess kissed the frog, and guess what? She turned into a frog. Well, that's more like what the Christmas story is, isn't it? That God came to us to see life from our perspective and to identify with us. He laid aside his glory. He laid aside his majesty. He laid aside his power to reveal himself to us as a baby born in Bethlehem. That's what makes Christmas so special. And it's something that ought to be with us every day of the year. Oftentimes, you know, we talk about, I wish Christmas would last forever. Well, you know, it's supposed to. We just get the reminder once a year about it. So here's the challenge from this message today about what makes Christmas so, so important. And that is that God has come to you. He knows you. He's come to experience life where you're living it today. And he's come to bring you his personal touch in your life, in your world. And he's also brought to you a Savior who went to the cross, died in your place so that your sins can be forgiven and you can spend eternity with him. That's what makes Christmas special. And I would pray during this wonderful season that if you don't know this God on a personal level, the relationship with Christ, that you would make that decision. And you would come and you would worship this newborn king and give him your life. Father, what a wonderful story uh, we find in the birth of Christ. The depth of your love for us revealed in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you would be willing to lay aside your majesty for a while, and come to earth in, in, in a tiny babe, born into this world as we are, bringing the name Jesus to remind us that you are Emmanuel, God with us, and that you are Jesus who will save us from our sins. And we thank you, Father, for this wonderful season in which we are reminded once again of this birth and this gift of love. And I pray that we will so commit our lives to you that this wonderful Christmas season will go with us throughout all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.